Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. And today, we're going to uh, take some time to talk about the non-surgical management of hallux rigidus. So pain near the base of the first toe, near the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, especially when that toe goes into extension and we, when we bear weight on that. It can really be quite debilitating uh, and, and quite painful in regards to walking. It can change your gait, cause problems in different parts of the foot, ankle, knee, hip and back. Um, so we're going to talk about you know how to conservatively manage these and do as much as you can conservatively before you end up going to surgery. But before we do that, I just want to uh, take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello and welcome back. So more often than not, hallux rigidus is caused by you know, arthritis in the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, but there are other uh, issues that can give you some discomfort. You can have sesamoiditis, you can split the uh, tissue between the, um, between the sesamoids that can cause you pain in that area. So anytime you have kind of an extension pressure on the end of the toe and the toe goes into extension, it can cause you quite a bit of uh, discomfort. And oftentimes, you know, that is most limited by spurring around the joint or even just some capsular stiffness around that first metatarsal phalangeal joint. So, you know, what do you do with this when you see it? Um, obviously, most of the time it's a structural problem. You do an x-ray, you see all kinds of spurs. And the first thing you think about is, well, there's nothing you can do in therapy um, to help this. But there are a few things you can try uh, before you jump into, you know, surgery. We won't talk about the different surgical techniques you do, and, and surgery is very successful for treating hallux rigidus, but um, conservatively, a lot of people still need to be on their feet. Maybe they're young, maybe they're working a lot, they can't take the time off. Um, so I would always, you know, when I see patients with this, and anytime I see patients with an arthritic condition, I tell them this. I may not be able to change the arthritis, the breakdown of that joint or those spurs, okay, in therapy or conservatively, but I can 
always work on changing the surrounding structures around it. So increasing mobility, bringing blood flow to the area, maybe taking pressure off of that area doing something to avoid the extension of the big toe. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to throw out um, three or four different uh, things that you can do to help treat this conservatively so that the patient can continue on their way, be in less pain, walk better, and not alter their gait so much. So the first thing I do is I assess the shoe. I make sure that I, I take the insole out of the shoe. I take a look at it. Typically, um, if somebody is putting too much pressure on the metatarsal, the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, they're going to break down that insole uh, in the shoe down in that area. But then if it is so painful, they may not even put any pressure there either and just put all the pressure on the lateral side of their foot. So assess that insole and see how the patient has been walking. Okay, that's important. You want to take, you want to grab a hold of that shoe. You know, put your foot around where the heel of the shoe is, put your uh, other hand around the forefoot and try to fold it in half and twist it back and forth. If it's a very flimsy shoe and has a really thin um, sole to it and thin insole, you know, they're just not getting the support that they need and that is folding too much and causing an excessive amount of extension of the big toe. So check that out, you know. Sometimes just putting patients in a rocker bottom shoe can make a world of difference because um, the rocker bottom shoe is has a nice stiff outer sole and it doesn't fold up so easily so you don't get too much extension of the great toe and can be very helpful in people with hallux rigidus so take a look at that shoe assess it see what that looks like number two you may want to consider a custom orthotic now you can try to mess around with a temporary orthotic and and offload it in certain areas. I, I like to build a custom orthotic. It's something I've been doing for the last 12 to 13 years and have excellent results with this. So if they're putting an excessive load in the bottom part of that MTP joint, um, you may want to cushion that area with an orthotic. You may want to take a little load off there. Sometimes I will do a metatarsal bar under just proximal to that metatarsal phalangeal joint so that it takes a little bit of a load off. And as a result of doing that, the great toe doesn't have to go through so much extension in the terminal stance phase of gait. Um, and that can give you some relief. The other thing I've tried on and off, and this is a trial and error thing. I have some people who do really well with this, and I have people who don't. But I, like, I keep carbon plates um, on hand here at our office, and I will put a carbon plate underneath the insole of the shoe uh, and try to stiffen up. Basically, this plate is very, very, very thin, but very rigid. So it doesn't allow the um, the forefoot part of the shoe to fold very easily and cause an excessive amount of extension. So if the patient is having pain with hallux rigidus because the big toe is extending too much when they walk, they generally will do better with a carbon plate. Um, if they are having a pressure problem under the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, sometimes that, that carbon plate under there is just a little too much pressure for them. So you have to kind of play with that. That's why I like to um, put the plate in, have them walk with it, and um, take it out and have them walk with it again. They will notice an immediate uh, change in how they walk. So uh, I like to trial and error with that a little bit. And sometimes I'll build a custom orthotic and have a piece of carbon plate placed underneath the first metatarsal phalangeal joint to prevent that extension and they can do really really well with that so a combination of things with the orthotic can be very helpful with uh, hallux rigidus the next thing i do with 
all of my Halix Ridges patients as I put them on a calf flexibility program. Either they uh, pick up an easy slant and I have them start at the lowest uh, incline and have them work their way up, uh, increasing their flexibility. Because if they have a really tight calf, they will put an excessive amount of pressure for a uh, a fraction of a second longer on the metatarsals when they're walking, especially in that terminal stance phase of gait. And if they have a really tight calf, they're also going to have to extend that big toe even more um, and put more pressure there. So I place all of my uh, Halix Rigidus patients on a flexibility program. Either I have them build their own slant board or they purchase an easy slant, um, but uh, I, I do that with all of them. I actually do that with many of my foot and ankle uh, issues because I know there's such a high incidence of foot and ankle problems because of a tight calf. And, um, and oftentimes, just by doing the stretching while waiting for an orthotic for two weeks uh, or week to two weeks, um, they see improvement already when they come back to pick up the orthotic. So um, I find there's some uh, real good benefit there. Some joint mobilizations can be helpful to that first ray, but I really wouldn't kind of ream on extension or flexion and, and really stress those spurs too much. I, I have patients avoid barefooted walking uh, because that, especially in hard surfaces, that causes a lot of irritation, inflammation to the area. Um, and if you've tried all of these things and they still are not successful, still having some discomfort, they're limping, uh, I would then, you know, drive them in the direction of seeing a surgeon and uh, possibly having, you know, like a, uh, a joint replacement and or fusion, developing a rocker type position of that big toe, uh, you know, or any other procedure that may be helpful, you know, a cleanup procedure to help get rid of those spurs. But as far as conservative treatment, we've had, you know, really good success with what I talked about today. And um, if you have any um, thing that you like to do with patients who have hallux rigidus that you find to be very successful, please let me know. Uh, contact me at orthoevalpal.com. I love to hear um, what people have to say in regards to what works for them. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes people have frustrations about what doesn't work for them or they have a diagnosis that, you know, they just are really frustrated with. Um, you know, shoot out... Um, an email to me. I'll do my very best to uh, help you out. Also, don't forget uh, you know, to jump onto our YouTube channel. Uh, we have tons of videos on the foot and ankle and many other orthopedic uh, videos in regards to how to evaluate patients. We also have a lot of patients with actual uh, foot and ankle dysfunction, other orthopedic dysfunction that you can watch. And, um, you know, I'll even uh, put a few links into uh, the show notes of uh, the show today uh, for you so that you can take a look at, you know, foot and ankle uh, dysfunction a little bit more. So again, folks, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening. And um, till the next show, we'll talk to you later. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.